You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 78. It is the first month of September, and I am so grateful that you are tuning into the podcast today, my friend. This series has been a wild, emotional ride, but the Lord has really been using it all for His glory. Thank you for sharing your screenshots on Instagram, letting me know that you are listening. It really does encourage my heart so, so much. If you have been blessed by the podcast in any way, consider leaving a five-star review in iTunes. It does help the podcast gain exposure and traffic. If you end up leaving a positive review, I do have an incentive. Take a screenshot of your review and email it to me at helloawesomeshop at gmail.com or DM me the photo on Instagram at Hello Awesome Ministries, and in exchange, I will send you a free digital devotion. So make sure you include your email. Honestly, it is a win-win. I just want to bless you for blessing me. So please do that if you'd like. Let's get into today's episode. We continue with our Testify series where real people share their real stories about a real God. My dear friend Allison is talking about sexual sin today, how a few confusing experiences as a child led her into a life of promiscuity and alcoholism. She shares with us the struggles she endured because of her poor choices and how Jesus brought her out of the darkness into his light of truth. I am so very proud of this amazing woman of God for speaking about the hard things. And I know that you're going to appreciate the message that she has for you right now. Okay, guys, here it is. This is episode number 78 that I am calling The Prodigal Daughter with Allison Connors. Hey, guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Just a quick note about this new series called Testify. It does contain adult content and will not be suitable for young children. So if you have young children around, I suggest that you listen to this on some headphones, on some earbuds, so that their little ears can stay pure and can stay innocent. Thank you for understanding. The seasons might be changing, but our amazing sponsors are sticking around to bring some deals exclusively to Hello Awesome listeners. Nuggles desires every lady to embrace modesty with style and comfort. I love the durable materials they use and all the fun patterns to choose from. Use the 10% off code HelloAwesome10 during checkout at Nuggles.us to snag your new favorite fall outfit right now. If you're looking for super cute scrunchies that'll last in your hair all day, and yes, even long hair to your knees like mine, look no further than Sovita. I use them every day. Use coupon code PODCAST for 10% off your order right now at Sovita.com. That's S-E-W-V-I-D-A.com. Get that hair off your neck and into a cute top knot with one of their scrunchies right now as you go grab that pumpkin spice latte this fall. Blue Thistle Taylor has timeless dresses, skirts, and handbags. Mandy truly has classic modest pieces 
that you will love for years to come. Just use our special code HelloAwesome for 20% off your order on BlueThistleTailor.com. That's B-L-U-E-T-H-I-S-T-L-E-T-A-I-L-L-U-E-R.com. Answer me this. Are you ready to switch out your toxic bath and body products for a better option? Rachel over at Oneness Essentials can hook you up. She makes handmade soap, body butter, and lotion that not only look and smell amazing, but they're great for sensitive skin. Use code HelloAwesome for 15% off your order when you shop at onenesssoapbiz.com. Nestled in a lovely brick and mortar store in Starks, Louisiana, Dress Like an Angel represents the beauty of modesty through their stunning dresses, skirts, extenders, layer tops, and more. They even carry items for young girls, like their best-selling lace tights. Use our exclusive discount code HelloAwesome for 10% off your order at dresslikeanangel.com. A special thank you to all my sponsors who want to bless Hello Awesome listeners. I appreciate you and thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Okay, I forgot one more thing. Have you been blessed by the ministry of Hello Awesome on Instagram and here on the podcast? Consider becoming part of our exclusive membership program on Patreon. When you sign up today, you will unlock access to over 10 posts featuring devotional downloads, ebook and audiobook files from my new book, Give It to God Girl, printable, modest fashion coloring pages, and the latest episodes of my brand new mini podcast series, The Real 15, which is only available to members. I post a new episode every week and will continue bringing special access to some really awesome content. Think of it like a secret club, and this is your invitation. Tap the link in the description of this episode or go to patreon.com backslash helloawesome. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com backslash helloawesome to become a member and start enjoying your full all-access pass today. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We are here with a brand new interview with a special Instagram friend of mine, Allison. Allison, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the podcast with me. Can you please share who you are, what you do, and where people might know you from? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I really am excited about this. Um, my name is Allison. I have uh, been married for about four years. We have a daughter. She's almost two. So those two things keep me busy a lot. <laughs> um, I'm also a teacher currently working from home, and my husband and I are involved in ministry at our church. Um, a few people uh, might know me from Instagram. I kind of blog, write letters on there. Um, it's called Apostolic Letters, and I'm currently working on a website for that. And my goal with that is just to help other people overcome their past and their present circumstances so they can live for God, you know, just with passion, with purpose. Mm -hmm. And I do love that. And I'm going to segue for a minute. Um, there are so many things that you share on Apostolic Letters that I know you and I have joked how we're kind of on the same wavelength in this season of life. And I just love when God kind of confirms something that you've been feeling in your heart with a comment from somebody else that 
agrees with you and that knows exactly where you're coming from. Yes, that is so awesome. I just, I think it's really cool to be able to experience how it's the same God working in all different people in all different places. And sometimes he's doing similar things with us. Mm -hmm. Now, Allison, I know your story is very difficult, I'm sure, to talk about because it's about someone that you no longer are. You know, it's about your past self. And I know that's not easy coming from my experience as somebody who also has a uh, just a really hard testimony, especially when it comes to purity and relationships. But I really, really, really felt that God wanted to use your story on the podcast. So, you know, I really do believe that your testimony is nothing short of miraculous. And God is just so amazing. I want you to take us back to the beginning uh, when you were a child. Can you share with us what your church experience and home life were like? All right. Um, so whenever I was born, up until the time I was about 12 or 13, I went to a Baptist church with my family. We were really involved. Like we attended every service. I was always in the children's ministry. My parents did different things. Um, and my mom and dad really loved me and my brother. And I know that. We felt that. Um, but their marriage was really, really unhealthy. Um, there was a lot of mental and emotional abuse. And um, I grew up witnessing that. And I always kind of knew that other people's home lives weren't like that. They didn't have to hear that kind of stuff and, you know, have that kind of anxiety just in their home. But that was my normal. And that was the example that was set for me for half of my life. So, I mean, I'm thankful there was no physical abuse in our home, um, you know, from between my parents or toward me and my brother. Uh, but there was a lot of yelling and controlling, manipulation, and the mental abuse was really serious. Mm -hmm. And I do want to point out that if people are listening, especially when uh, we have shared a lot of different testimonies, there seems to have been some issue with mental abuse is somewhat in some of these stories and that is a serious thing you know like you were saying it, it is good that it didn't come to physical abuse but sometimes mental abuse is worse yeah um definitely i mean i've i have a really strong long-term memory which can be a blessing and a curse and i remember hearing things that um were said in my home and you know, I'll probably have those memories forever. And even if they weren't always directed at me, they're very damaging to have that kind of an example set from childhood for how a relationship should be. Mm -hmm. Right. So before we started recording, I know we were talking back and forth on DM and Instagram and um, you were really sharing what your life was like and just the different steps um, that you took, you know, in life or, or things that have happened to you. And you mentioned that there was some mild sexual assault from an acquaintance. And I know 
as a child, you're trying to figure out who you are and you're trying to figure out what everything is for the first time. And to have a violation like that is just so damaging. Can you just talk a little bit about however you're comfortable with talking, um, how old were you when that happened and, and exactly what did you do? Well, um, I think that the first time anything happened to me, um, that I can remember, I was probably around four and, um, a boy that we had been, uh, picking up from middle school and keeping him at our house till his mom came to get him. He convinced me to, uh, take off my clothes and put on a nightshirt. And um, then I, I don't vividly remember what happened, but I, I know that he touched me, but I don't know really to what extent he did. Mm-hmm. But he touched me under my clothes. And that only happened once. Um, I told my mom that day, I don't know if he was still there or if it was after he went home, but I told her and we no longer had any contact with them that that ended he did not come over anymore so that thankfully was only one time um and then whenever I was around nine I had an incident that some may not describe as sexual assault but um as a nine-year-old that's how I interpreted it Mm -hmm. Um, we were at a store and a random older man convinced me and my mom to let him size my foot for shoes which sounds so weird but I I wanted to use one of those little foot sizers and he took advantage of that and he basically just rolled up my pants leg and felt up my whole leg in the process um and both of those incidents were really hard to process I really didn't understand why that happened to me I didn't I didn't know if there was something wrong with me that that's why that happened and it each time it left me feeling really scared and paranoid. And mm-hmm. from being a young child, I, I think I felt sexualized. I felt like life was more sexual than a child should think that it is. That's actually a really, really good point. And I relate to that story, that part of your story, uh, very well, actually. And I think I was probably a similar age. Um, I would say probably five or so when I had an incident as what incident as well. And it was with somebody that you trust, you know, and it's very difficult because I think when you're a child, it's easy for someone to take advantage of your innocence and pretend that we're just playing, you know, or this is just something fun that you can do. But there is something within you that still feels like you were violated or something within you that feels like they weren't truthful. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yes. Um, that first incident, it was, whenever it happened, it was made to seem like a game. Like that was a normal, Mm -hmm. fun thing to do, but it obviously made me extremely uncomfortable where I, even as a a small child, I went and told my mom about it. Right. Which is a good thing that you do because some kids really don't. Um, and sometimes it's because they really don't know. They really don't know um, that they should say something. So as you're growing up, what was school like 
You know, you had these couple of things that have happened to you already that have been kind of opening up your mind to just a different side of things, um, a little darker side of things, I guess, for life. So how was school like when you went to school? What was it, what was it like for you during this difficult time of just everything going on um, with your home life and just all the different experiences that you had? Well, um, at school growing up, in elementary school, um, younger elementary, I really, I think it was pretty average. Um, I was just a kid. Um, yes, that stuff had happened to me, um, and I did have some struggles with feeling like I fit in, but I still had some friends, um, and I wasn't ever really ostracized um, until about sixth grade. Um, I guess that's when a lot of kids start hitting puberty and, you know, things just begin changing. And I started getting bullied really severely at school. Mm -hmm. um, and that was also a year when my parents were separated in our home. So that was um, extra stressful at home and extra stressful at school. Um, and I was just, I felt very alone. That was probably the first time in my life when I remember dealing with serious depression and really nobody knew about it because everybody in my life was also de dealing with their own problems. Um, mm -hmm. But as I got older and got into middle school, my uh, parents divorced and my mom remarried and then we quickly uh, moved across the country because of a job transfer. So that was rough. <laughs> that was a rough transition. Um, but all during that time, as I was getting older, becoming a preteen, I was starting to realize that I could feel some kind of acceptance at school from boys. Um, and a lot of how that was, was mostly, you know, it was really just innocent, but I can look back now and see that that seed was planted, that my value was starting to get attached to how, how much boys noticed me or not. Mm -hmm. And so I had a lot of guy friends. I kind of developed this flirty personality. I wanted attention and I really wasn't a bad kid at school, um, but I just, I always felt like I was from the outside looking in and it was hard for me to feel accepted from anybody mm -hmm. and make real connections where I could be vulnerable with people and, you know, with friendships between girls, typically to have that close connection or to get a lot of attention, I guess, um, or that healthy attention, you need to be vulnerable with each other. But mm -hmm. as a preteen, you just have to flirt with a boy and they'll give you attention. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that was, um, that was kind of how my mindset was changing with school. Um, as my home life was just kind of flopping around <laughs> with all these changes. Right. Right. And I definitely can understand that for sure. Um, I think it is difficult sometimes to make those connections with other girls that age because we're all so self-conscious you know we are all so sensitive 
we're all emotional, we're all growing. And that feeling of being vulnerable just doesn't feel like it matters at that age. Yeah. It kind of, that's not the strong thing to do. You know, like that's weakness. I can relate to that for sure. Definitely. So do you think that's what led to the incident that happened when you were about 15? Yes, I think um, looking back a lot of the mindsets that I had in my teen and young adult years, they were started in childhood and just slowly developed without intervention because I didn't really know how to talk about that. I didn't know how to find um, a healthy connection with somebody and ask for help processing all these things. So I just immaturely sorted things out and thought that's how you do life. Um, so when I was 15, um, I wasn't really an outcast anymore at school. I was at a different school, was in high school. Um, but I was kind of starting to get um, what I describe as undercover rebellious. I wasn't really allowed to go to big parties or anything with my parents. They did have some guidelines for me and I know that they cared about me and they had my best interests at heart. But my friends at school and in private knew that I was a little bit wild, I guess, that I I was trying to be wilder than I was allowed to be. So that that definitely led to this incident. Something that I really struggled with sharing with anybody in my life for a long time was that around this time, um, I sent inappropriate photos to a boy that I liked from a different school. And then very shortly after that, they ended up in the hands of a girl who I thought was my friend. But um, she apparently had something against me, and she started spreading those photos any way that she possibly could. And I, I remember finding out because one of, I was staying at a friend's house and then one of my other friends called me and told me that they had just been sent to her. And I remember feeling like I had just been punched in the stomach and I, I just wanted to throw up. I, I felt so horrible. I, it was like, I felt like my life was ruined and I, didn't think that I could tell my parents and I didn't tell them until seven or eight years later, honestly. Um, cause I was really just afraid of how they would respond. Every teenager's worst nightmare is getting grounded for the rest of their life. So I guess I thought that would happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was just, it was humiliating to go to school and I didn't know who had seen those pictures. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know who was spreading them around or who all was spreading them around. I didn't know who had seen them. And then I started getting attention from people at school who used to ignore me. And it was hard to know why they were interested in talking to me. If it was because they had seen those pictures or if they actually wanted to be my friend. And um, during all this, I guess to kind of help me cope, a friend gave me some advice that really was horrible advice to just own it 
and pretend like I was proud that that happened. And unfortunately, I followed that advice and I started building this mask of being tough and having this blatant sexuality. And I really just, at some point, I did not let myself process that grief because it was so overwhelming for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think something definitely similar happened to me around that age. Um, However, my parents did find out. But uh, so that story did not end well with me. But, um, you know, I like the way you put that is processing the grief. I think when you're that age, you don't realize when you go through something that traumatic, that harsh, and you feel, you know, that sadness, that that is grief. That's something that had happened to you that's, you know, violating you, that's making you feel just like you've lost something, just a very uh, hard thing emotionally. And so I like the way you put that because I think that's so important for us to remember is that um, it's okay to take time to process that grief. But when you're at that age, you're still, your mind is still developing, you're still growing. So you don't really realize that that's what you need to do. Yes. And I, I definitely think that it could have helped me looking back if I had shared that with my parents, even if I had been grounded forever. Um, you know, I, I think that having somebody that I could trust that, that was a godly adult, that they could have helped walk me through what to do with that and how to deal with those emotions. But instead, I just kept it as this deep, dark secret that only a few of my friends knew about after that, after I moved away. Mm -hmm. So now after high school, you found yourself in a long-term relationship, which is something that also mirrors my story. And so I want you to just talk about um, after high school, how did that come about? And um, just share with us what happened and how that propelled you into a really promiscuous lifestyle. Well, um, toward the end of high school and for the first couple years of college, I was in a long-term relationship. Um, it was not emotionally healthy, but at that point in my life, it was the most valued and special I had felt in a relationship. So I kept getting back together with him even after we would break up. And unfortunately, during that time, I compromised um, you know, a standard that I had set for myself that I had wanted to wait until marriage. Um, and I compromised that. And so when we broke up for the last time, I think deep down, I was really devastated that I had given part of myself to him. And so I just kind of went into that mindset of trying to own it, like I talked about with um, when I was a teen. Um, and I just tried to go forward with the mindset that sex is no big deal and it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And obviously now I know that's not true. And even then, I think deep down in my heart, I knew that it meant something and I was really hurting myself with my own behavior. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely a topic that I feel like we don't talk enough about and this is one of the reasons why I really wanted to, you know, share testimonies like this is because it's easy for the church to say, please do not have sex before marriage. 
and it's easy for the teenagers or whoever the you know the youth group maybe even hyphen you know those who are single in the church to roll their eyes and say yeah yeah we know but when it comes to those of us who actually have walked through some really difficult times and have actually seen pieces of our hearts given away that way um it it becomes more real and it becomes something that we want to advocate for and i i know that i'm probably speaking for both of us but you know when we say please save your purity save your self save sex for a marriage when we say that it's not because we're trying to be prude it's because it is something that's just so pure and it's something just so intimate that if we could i'm sure we would go back to try and get that piece of us that part of us back you know oh absolutely there's there's nothing i would not do to be able to go back and change those choices you know on the one hand i i extremely regret all those choices that i made but on the other hand it it's not useful to dwell on regret it's more useful to dwell on healing and letting God redeem your life and go forward in that. So, but definitely I a hundred percent agree. That is one of the topics that I'm so passionate about. And I really don't think that it's talked about enough in a way to connect with people at that right time in their life. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. And so this leads me to, you being at college now and you know you're no longer with that other guy but you are with a new guy and it starts getting even more toxic because enter in witchcraft so um this is also another passion of mine and i really do feel like we are definitely soul sisters because we have gone through so many similar things but my family has a history of witchcraft because we are Hispanic and we have ancestors that come from the island of Puerto Rico and there is a lot of witchcraft there. And I remember being a child being warned not to meddle in any witchcraft, especially black magic, because we have an ancestor who did that. So I totally um, understand this part of your journey as well. So can you just share with us about how that happened for you? What, what exactly happened? Well, first, that that reminds me that um, all through my life, I have been extremely sensitive to spirituality. I have, I guess, just been very sensitive to the spirit world. And, you know, growing up in a home where we were not filled with the Holy Ghost and that the supernatural in godly terms was never really spoken of, um, mm-hmm. I had nothing to fill that void. And so at this point in my life, um, I was with a guy and I don't really know to what extent he was involved in witchcraft, but it was to some extent. And we talked about it some, um, in different ways. And looking back, I can see this season of my life. It was like the devil was really wrapping his fingers around me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was at that point or at some point around that time I was working in a place and my boss was uh, a self-proclaimed warlock. 
Um, and some people are like, oh, that's so ridiculous. But it's not ridiculous if that person is actually practicing black magic and has supernatural powers that are associated with the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, we we believe in angels. That stands to reason that there are obviously also demons and they are able to work in this world yes. during this time. Mm-hmm. And um, this boss gave me a couple books on different types of witchcraft. And thankfully, I did not read very much of them. Um, I read a little bit of them. I never really got into doing any type of ritual or attending any meeting. It's it's not like what you would think of maybe in a scary movie about witchcraft. Um, but a lot of witchcraft has to do with mindsets, which reminds me of how the Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Yeah. Because so much of witchcraft happens in the mind and I welcomed many of those mindsets into my life. And I can see from that point going forward that there was a lot of demonic influence in my life and in my own actions. Right. And that's so true. Um, I do definitely believe that there are spirits that do work for the enemy and we are not trying to be fear mongers here. We are trying to be real. Um, just like I always try and be on this podcast. Uh, I also have had sensitivity to spirits as a child. I have had many encounters with demons, um, especially when I was trying to transition into being apostolic. And I remember receiving visitations from them in my apartment But we have a God whose power is above all of those powers. And I do believe that he can overcome anything that's trying to come up against us. So we're not trying to be fear mongers at all or trying to give praise to the devil. But we do not want to be ignorant to to his devices. If we are ignorant to his devices, then he can easily come in subtly and can get our minds off of the right things onto the wrong things. So I just wanted to say that. But I do uh, agree with you that most of witchcraft happens in the mind. It is something that uh, it's a tool, it's a tactic that the enemy uses because if he can get us to think differently than what God is trying to tell us, then he knows he can get us on a different path. And it's just like the scripture Um, excuse me, the scripture says, you know, we need to take into captivity every thought, you know, so anything that goes on in our minds, um, we have to take inventory over. And at this point, that was very difficult for you, because at this point, you were kind of on your own path. You were working three jobs, and you quit two of them to focus on one. And that's when things became really dangerous for you, right? Yes. Um, without sharing a whole lot of details with this, um, I was working a job where I put myself in dangerous situations repeatedly for about six months. And at this point in my life, I was, um, I guess I was 21. Yes, I was 21. And I was a full-blown alcoholic. Um, that was something I always thought I was too smart to ever be. but. Um, Like you said, the devil will use anything you give him against you. So Mm -hmm. there we are. 
Um, and I was doing anything that I could to numb the emotional pain. I hated myself and I was extremely reckless because of that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't actively trying to commit suicide, but I did not care if I continued to live. Um, and sadly, I think there were probably times that I told people that in a joking manner, but um, the people I surrounded myself with in that stage of life were probably in very similar boats as I was. So they, you know, it, it was maybe a cry for help, but nobody was listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, when all of this began, when I started this job, it would still be about a year before I moved back home and turned to Jesus. Um, I did eventually get a less dangerous job, but I continued with the alcoholism and horrible relationship choices. And um, during this time, it was like, you know, that spark inside of you when you're a child or um, when you're happy, that part of me was dead. It was gone. And my, uh, my own mom, she describes that time as though her daughter had died. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just so far gone. I wasn't even the same person that I had been before at all. And I feel like this time in my life that was so painful for me to live through, even though I chose it, I feel like I aged <laughs> so much in that time. And my, my soul was just dying. It was absolutely dying. And it breaks my heart to think of that girl. Like you said at the beginning, um, that's not who I am anymore, but my heart breaks because I remember being that girl. Right. And I just, I thought at that point in my life that that was just who I had to be, that I had made all those choices. I ended up there and that was how I had to live. Mm-hmm. Right. And you almost feel like you deserve this punishment. Like, you know, that you feel kind of guilty because of the choices that you made and you're not sure how to get out of it. So whatever happens, you deserve it. That's kind of like, definitely. that's kind of like the mindset that you start to have. I I know from experience. Yeah. So now you're at this place where you're feeling pretty much the lowest you've ever felt. You're not sure what to do. What was the breaking point for you? When did you turn to God and really started reaching out for him? Well, I was, suddenly dumped from a different relationship and um, I had to move back home with my parents or be homeless. So um, thankfully it was, I really felt like the prodigal daughter, I guess, um, being able to move home all of a sudden. And I immediately, I felt like my last chance at having a decent life was gone. And I felt like nobody would ever want me again. Um, I remember going home that night and my mom held me like a baby in her chair. I was almost 23 and I was just crushed. I, it was like everything in my life had fallen apart and that was all I was going to know was losing everything. Mm. And it took maybe a day or two 
and I realized that that just wasn't the case. I was starting to realize that Jesus wanted me and he was pursuing my heart. I started actually praying sincerely and trying to listen to God for the first time in years. Started reading the Bible and experiencing for the first time that God could speak to me through his written word Mm -hmm. and relate to me (laughs) where I was. And I started responding to conviction from God, even when I didn't understand it. And I think that was a big key in the transformation of my life is that, you know, not, I'm not giving glory to myself at all. I'm just saying at this point, I was so broken. I was so desperate that I felt like I didn't have anything else to lose. So Mm -hmm. if God wanted a part of my life to change, I changed it because yeah, everything else had fallen apart. Um, so at that point, a little bit after that, I quit an apprenticeship. I had to be a piercer. And um, even before I became apostolic, I took out all 14 piercings I had at that time uh, because God led me to. And that was a very significant moment for me that I felt a lot of spiritual chains come off. Yes. And each time I obeyed Jesus in a big or a small way, he showed me something even greater about himself than I could have imagined. And it was, he was beginning to heal me, even though I was still confused. Yes. And I love how you said that, that he was beginning to heal you, even though you were confused. I want to just remind people out there that if you are confused about anything, if you're still new to the church, Allison makes a good point. Just still be obedient because he's still going to work in your life. And you don't have to know everything about God to obey him, right? I think sometimes we feel like um, we have to know every single answer or we have to know every single thing that he wants us to do. But when you are just, when you're just learning and, you, and you're just trying to change and trying to be better, one thing at a time is better than nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how does Savoy United Pentecostal Church enter into your story? Well, after I was living at home for about a month, I felt led to go to this specific church. And I had visited Savoy UPC a few times before. It had been about five years before that. And even though I hadn't thought a whole lot of it at the time, I remembered feeling the presence of God like I had never felt anywhere else. And I just prayed. I mean, at, at that point, I had been praying and reading my Bible and already making changes in my life. And I just prayed that God would meet me there and keep out any possible distractions because I really needed to hear from him clearly. I knew that he was doing something in my life and that he was leading me in some way, but I didn't really know how. But that Wednesday night, uh, we had an unplanned visiting minister preach, and the entire sermon was just exactly God speaking to me. It was exactly what I needed to hear. It was about basically that it's okay if we don't understand everything that we've gone through in our lives. We can trust God with our lives anyway. 
-hmm. We can trust God with our past and our present and our future. And just everything was right to me. And it seemed like every song was straight from my heart to Jesus. And when it was time for the altar call, I went, which is something that I had always been way too scared to do as a child or a teen at church. But I remember as I prayed and I wept, God gave me these spiritual visions. And I hope I remember them for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I was envisioning all these obstacles that could hold me back. It was people, addictions, you know, just flashing images of whatever in my life. And I was just praying through them, <laughs> praying through. And I just kept whispering Jesus's name through my tears and had my hands lifted. And he pushed through and met me where I was. And he filled me with the spirit for the first time that night. And I spoke in tongues for the first time, which was something that to that point I had believed was fake. <laughs> and at that point, I saw a vision of myself covered in so many chains that you couldn't even see my body. And then they just all began falling off. And that is exactly what God has done in my life. And this is still my church today. I am just so thankful that God led me here. Yes, amen. I'm definitely thankful as well because this just means that uh, you're actually you know, sharing your story and helping somebody else with their journey. And I know that's how God works. And I'm just so thankful that, that he met you right where you were and he changed you. Um, so now, you know, I'm going to kind of skip a little bit, but what would you tell someone struggling with purity right now? How would you encourage them to keep themselves under God's protection? Well, kind of like we were talking about, I mean, this world claims to offer so much. It claims that it can give you so much fulfillment and so much excitement and pleasure and joy and peace and freedom. But the more that you give yourself to the world and the more that you give yourself away to other people physically, the less of those things you end up having. You're giving away all of those pieces of yourself. And I have found from experience that Jesus is really the only source of those things. A big thing that I really want to encourage everybody with, and this could apply to women or men, teens, adults, kids, if you are struggling with something, and I think especially in this area of sexuality and purity, you need to tell God about it directly. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I really only found out through experience because I had never been taught, hey, you can tell Jesus about your sexual struggles. But I had to do that. I absolutely had to, to break free of so many chains in my life. You know, I saw that vision as I was filled with the Holy Ghost, but it was a process. You know, it, it's not immediate that when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, then suddenly your life is perfect, <laughs> you know, and 
So I just want to encourage people, don't be ashamed if you have struggles. Don't be ashamed if you have ungodly desires because we are in this fleshly body, but we have a choice of what we're going to do about that. You Mm -hmm. can either just resign yourself to give in to all of your lust and follow the path that the world has for you, or you can tell Jesus exactly what the enemy is doing in your life or exactly what your flesh is tempted by and be detailed. I'm sorry. Some people might think that's weird, but it helped me. It helped God change my life to tell Jesus exactly what I was struggling with and exactly what I was tempted by. And that is where that powerful grace comes in. A lot of times people think that grace is for after you sin, but people forget that grace can be so much more powerful than just to cover your sin after you have done it. Grace can be a power to help you not sin. And when you tell Jesus what you're dealing with, at whatever age you are, whatever struggle it is, and you invite him into that moment, his grace can be your strength when you are weak. And his grace, his mercy can help you overcome that. And I just think that so many people could be set free if they would take a chance and apply that. Yes. I I love that so much. Thank you so, so much for talking right from your heart, um, for sharing something that's just so meaningful. Um, I really appreciate how you worded that. And I'm, I'm just thankful for just your words. Um, so now when you look back and you see just this journey that you've come, you know, all this way and God has brought you through, how have you seen the hand of God in your life? How, what do you feel like when you just see that grace? Well, I see that even during my darkest years, Jesus was there and he was protecting me to the extent that I let him. I mean, of course, we have free will and I, I chose the path that I went on. Um, but there were times that I remember I considered making even worse choices and I would feel this overwhelming conviction which is crazy at the time because I was so ungodly. Mm-hmm. I, I was so not interested in being obedient to God, but it was like a physical overpowering conviction. So even with how far gone I was, I was able to avoid going down even worse roads. And then I know that God physically protected me in some situations where I was reckless. Um, I mean, looking back medically, the odds are that I should have died somewhere in that year. But I know that it was God's grace and mercy that he kept me because he could see the end from the beginning and he knew where I was headed. Um, I also believe that God can use all kinds of people and that he did use all different people along my path back to him. Um, I don't believe that it was God's will for me to make the choices that I made, but I do believe now that he can use what I went through for his glory, you know, whether it's to help somebody or to free somebody from shame or just encourage people who have not been down those roads. 
And so I just, I see God's grace and mercy all over my past now. And I'm so thankful for that. Amen. Allison, your story is mind blowing. And, you know, it really does speak about the lengths that God will go to save one soul. He leaves the 99 to go find the one. And I'm so thankful that you are the one. And, you know, I know that listeners hearing this are going to be encouraged. I know that they're probably going to feel some convictions in their own life. And I just want to let them know that you have a community of like-minded people in your church. And I am sure that your pastor or your youth pastor would love to sit down with you if you want to discuss something that has been on your heart, especially after you listen to this episode. Go to a godly source, a godly authority in your life, whether it's a parent, whether it's an aunt, uncle, grandmother, somebody who you trust, who you know loves the Lord, please go to them and talk to them if you need to. Um, and, you know, just remember that uh, you are not alone. And if you don't have a community, please send me an email. I'll put my email in the show notes, send me an email, contact me, and I will put you in touch with your local Pentecostal church. But um, I know that I can speak for Allison and I that having the right church does matter because it's the foundation of their belief system that's going to build you up and that's going to help you uh, overcome a lot of things uh, if you're struggling. And I'm just, Allison, I'm just so thankful for you and I'm thankful that you chose to be vulnerable with me now you have a girlfriend you can be vulnerable with <laughs> yes and I'm, I'm just so privileged to um and honored to hear your story and to know you I'm just so grateful that he crossed our paths and that we can truly have this friendship together can you just share with the listeners where they can find you on social media and connect with you absolutely um, people can find me on Instagram at apostolic with an underscore letters. And hopefully my website will be live this summer at apostolicletters.com. And I also have a Facebook page that's apostolic letters. So I just thank you so much for letting me share my testimony. You know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And this has been a blessing to me as well. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.